next to where we're going today. If you would uh, turn your Bibles there, well, the young people can be dismissed at this time. And again, say you're grateful, uh, we're grateful to have you here. And today is Valentine's Day, and uh, we're going to have a little fun today in val- on this Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about men, and we're going to talk about women, and how they are different. What could go wrong in a conversation like that? Amen? So, I hope that you're here today. I'm going to be honest with you as well as I know to be. I'm going to ask you to listen with an open mind. And one of two things are going to happen this morning. You're going to do some laughing maybe, or you're going to do some getting mad. And I hope it's the former, not the latter. Because if you don't get offended, if you don't take yourself too seriously... Uh, I think we might learn something together today from God's Word. I want to preach today on having a storm-proof home. Uh, Having a storm-proof home. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24 and verse 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Father, I pray you'd help us now. Bless the reading of your word. May it be be clearly understood today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If your home is built on the wrong foundation, it will fail. Here it is said that storms will come from three directions. It will come from above in the form of rains. The Bible talks about floods coming from beneath and winds beating on the sides. Our home will face obstacles from many sources. Have you ever felt like your home was under attack from all sides? The word beat upon here in verse number 25 and verse 27 means to pound, to smash, to batter. And the older I get, the more I hate to see families attacked and often destroyed by the devil. As a pastor, I get a front row seat to the casualties of broken marriages and ruined relationships, working with children whose parents uh, decided that it would be better for them if they just go ahead and get divorced. It used to be that we had parents with lots of kids. In this day and age, we have kids with lots of parents kind of changed around. When my wife and I got married, that was one thing we decided firmly we would never consider divorce. Divorce was never an option no, not to be discussed, not to even be considered. Uh, murder was an option, but divorce was never an option, you understand. Whether or not your home will withstand the storms will not depend on the kind of walls you have or the carpets or the drapes. It all depends on what it is built upon. If your home is not built upon Christ, if it is not built upon the Word of God, your home will crumble and it will suffer loss. And there is an all-out attack on the home today. In entertainment, family values are ridiculed. We, uh, and what I'm talking about when I use the word family, we call it the nuclear family. That is a mom, a dad, and kids. Uh, that is the, what we call a nuclear family. That is how God wanted it set up. Now that is what is under attack. Kate Millett said this, The complete destruction of traditional marriage and the nuclear family is the revolutionary or utopian goal of feminism. Linda Gordon, The nuclear family must be destroyed 
and people must find better ways of living together. The breakup of families is now objectively a revolutionary process. Make no mistake, my friend, the family, God's plan for the family, for the home, is under attack in our nation today. So goes the home, so goes the church. And the church will never be stronger than the homes that are represented within it. And so the devil knows if he can weaken our homes, he will weaken our churches, and in turn, he will weaken our nation. Yet in spite of all this, we find a paradox that people who ignore God's model for the home, when they do that, when they do what they want and go their own way, they find nothing but chronic misery. The only way for you to have a peaceful, fulfilled existence in your home is to do things God's way. In order for the church to be strengthened, our homes must be strengthened. And for that to happen, husbands and wives must make uh, an, at least an effort to understand one another. And this presents a problem for many couples because of the differences between us. All marriages, after all, are happy. All marriages are happy. It's the living together afterward that causes all the trouble in the marriages. Men, you are married to an emotional perplexity. Women are a bundle of nerves with a short fuse at the, at the verge of detonation at a moment's notice. She thinks crying is a solution to many problems in life. How do you deal with a creature such as a female? Ladies, you are married to a Martian. They are weird, strange, temperamental beings. Men are creatures of clutter, yet they want a clean home. Many men who cannot boil water are experts at evaluating the meals that you prepare. He comes home shedding clothes everywhere, demanding food like an anorexic, yet he is 82 pounds overweight. He gets up in the morning, underwear on the lamp, shoes in the middle of the floor, socks under the couch, and demands, where are my clothes? You learn the hard way that true love leads to housework. Ladies, I don't know if you've ever noticed how all your problems begin with men. Have you ever noticed that? Menstrual cramps. Menopause. Mental breakdown. You get the picture. Problems start. One lady said marriage is just a fancy word for adopting a male child whose parents could not handle him anymore. We've got to learn we are opposites of one another. Men and women are geared differently. We have to learn to survive and be compatible with one another. In so doing... We often find or fail to understand each other and it causes division and stress and pressure. See, men and women have a, have a bad habit of calling something a heart problem when it's really not a heart problem, it's a head problem. We think differently, we act differently, and sometimes just because we act differently doesn't mean that I don't love you or she doesn't love me, it just means that we think differently. And so a woman acts a certain way and a man thinks she has a heart problem. She doesn't care about me and such things like that. Uh, when it's about her thought process, a man acts a certain way and the woman thinks it's a problem with his heart. No, it's actually a problem with his head. That came out wrong. It's a head problem, not a heart problem. Understand. Your marriage, your home, should be the closest thing to heaven on earth. All marriages are made in heaven. Thunder and lightning is made in heaven too, though. 
And we sometimes experience that too. One of the hardest things to do as individuals is to respect the individuality of others. We want everyone to be of the same mold that we are, but the chances of you finding someone just like you is zero zilch nada. In fact, it's proven that opposites attract. Then these opposites marry and often spend the rest of their lives trying to get away from each other, and it doesn't have to be that way. Marriage does not have to be a prison sentence. It's what you make of it. You work at it. You develop it with a positive attitude. Or you can have a critical attitude and be miserable for the rest of your life. Marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. Both people giving 100% to make sure their mate is satisfied in all areas of their life. It really comes down to an issue of priorities. What is most important to a woman is way down in the list of priorities for a man. And what's most important to the man is way down the list of priorities in the woman. And we see that as we study and, and uh, people do all kinds of uh, uh, studies in this area and counseling. So uh, the, I feel like the best way to eliminate some of those problems we have in life, in marriage, is to understand one another. One thing that I have observed in counseling and premarital counseling and being involved in uh, uh, marrying several people is that a woman or, or a man will marry a woman thinking she will never change. She does. Um, a woman will marry a man thinking, I will change him. She doesn't. And so this causes problems because of the expe expectations that are unmet. So this causes conflict. You cannot change them, but you can endeavor to understand one another. One man uh, was telling his friend, I bought my wife a mood ring. When, I, when she's in a good mood, there's a blue dot right there on her ring. And he says, what if she's in a bad mood? He says, there's a red dot right here on my forehead when she's in a bad mood. But you don't have to live that way. Uh, we, we can make it work and not have that kind of atmosphere. So today, what I want to do is I want to give some needs for the men uh, and then some needs for the ladies. They don't always, or they're not the same. We already know that if you've been married more than two and a half minutes, you know that the needs are not the same between men and ladies. So today, ladies, I'll start with you, and I want to help you by giving you the greatest needs of a, a man, and then we'll get to the woman in a few minutes here. Now, ladies, this <coughs> may not be important to you, but that's not the point we're trying to arrive at today. I want, I want to, we have to look at the needs of our partner, not the needs of ourselves. Because marriage, uh, above all, cannot be selfish. It has to be about the other person. So, three things that are absolutely essential to the husband. Number one, 500 men were asked in a survey, what's the most important thing in marriage? And they uh, all came pretty much 100% the physical, intimate relationship in marriage. The 500 women were asked the same question, and the physical relationship ranked at number 33, behind gardening. I read that, and I realized she'd rather play with a tulip than me, and that's just how many marriages feel. There's extreme differences. Ladies, that does not mean he's an animal. doesn't mean he's a pig. It means that's how God made him. 
That's how God created the man. And it, it, uh, you should do everything in your power to remain attractive to him. It bothers me when women, after a divorce, will then lose weight and will then dress up and will then put on makeup uh, to try to attract someone and would not do so with their husband. That bothers me. Ladies ought to continue to try to be attractive to the man that they married. It's a problem when a man gets up uh, and uh, gets up in the morning getting ready to go to work faces a wife who looks like death warmed over and then goes to an office and works with ladies who've spent hours getting ready for the day. There's, a, there's issues that are dealt with there. And so the Bible says when we're married, our bodies belong to each other. Ladies, there is a part in your husband's life that's most important to him that only you are allowed to feel that ought to make you feel special. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing that God created. You are not his mate. You are not his made, you are his mate. The Bible says in Hebrews 13:4, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. The first thing that a man desires is that physical, intimate relationship. Secondly, a submissive spirit. The graveside service was barely finished, and the timid widower stood beside the preacher at the grave. And as they were wrapping up the graveside service for his wife, all of a sudden there was a massive clap of thunder and a big bolt of lightning that came down and then the thunder rolled off into the distance and this huge loud crash. And the man said to the preacher, well, she's there. Uh, probably known ladies like that before. Listen to this preacher this morning. God blesses a submissive woman. It is not popular anymore. That does not matter whether it's popular or not. In fact, uh, these days they even take it out of the wedding vows. Men want to marry a woman and want to have a wife, though, with a submissive spirit. Submission is not slavery, but it has been proven over and over again that we are most fulfilled in our life if we take on the role that God has for us. And the same goes for a woman. If you fight for control and you usurp the authority that God's put in your life, then you are stepping outside that umbrella of protection He has given you. 1 Peter 3.1, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be without the word, won by the conversation of the wives. Listen, friend, do you think God knows what's best for a wife and mother in the home? Absolutely. Do you think that God wholeheartedly wants life's best for her? Absolutely again. And so then in his infinite wisdom and his tremendous love, he says, ye wives be in subjection. The man was made first, and then the woman. Do you know why Adam was made before Eve? God did not want advice on how to do it. That's just a joke. I'm not being serious, all right? But the man was taken from the woman. The woman was not taken from the man. The woman was created for the man to be his helpmeet. Don't, do you remember when Satan came to Eve and convinced her to sin? What he really did is he convinced her to assert her independence, to take on the leadership role. And Adam sadly followed that, which he should not have. He followed Eve's lead. And so... Sin entered into the human race, Genesis chapter 3, and it was a failure on both their parts. God dealt with the result of the fall. 
He reinstated man as the head in Genesis 3.6. By the way, none of this means that in any way the woman is inferior to the man. That's not the case at all. It simply means that God has established a a blueprint for marriage and he insists on order in the home. To establish this order, he assigns roles to the husband and the wife. There cannot be two captains of a ship. There cannot be two people at the helm in the house. There can, uh, and I reiterate today, you read the Bible all through, you'll find the happiest homes are the ones in which we embrace our roles. Titus chapter 2, verse 4. Teach the young women to be sober and to love their husbands. A part of that is to submit. Part of that job of loving their husband. Now you say that's not fair. Oh, you haven't seen what's demanded of the husband yet. You think submission is hard. You wait to see what God asks of the husband. He says in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives. That's fine if it would stop there, but it doesn't stop there. Even as Christ also loved the church. Whoo boy. Now we're having some problems here. How did Christ love the church? He gave up all his riches and all his position and all his glory for her. He lived every moment of his whole life for her. He set aside all his personal aspirations, all his personal desires, and he made it all about her. He gave his very life for her. And when in the end, as even Hammer was nailing down nails into his wrist, he looks up and he says, Father, forgive them. That's the kind of love that he had. And we, as husbands, are supposed to love you like that. That's a tall order. A a lot of husbands would just rather submit. Because it's a lot easier to submit than it is to love like that. And so many husbands just choose to to submit. And it's wrong. It causes unhappy homes. It causes a lack of fulfillment. It causes a lot of conflict when a man assumes the woman's role and the woman assumes the man's role. There's no happiness in it. And there's no peace in that home. My observation, by the way, is that if you love your wife like those things I just talked about, she'll be glad to submit. We just need to love. And I've always advised men, if you treat your wife like a queen, there's a greater chance that she'll treat you like a king. Amen? And that'll be a help. But ladies, it's not always easy, but I promise you, you'll be happiest in the place God put you. Work toward that end. He may not always be right. He won't always be right. But he's in a position that God put him and the wise woman will submit. One woman prayed. By the way, you ought to pray. You gotta, we both need to pray for the strength and the power to do, uh, fulfill our roles. Pray. One woman prayed this prayer. Lord, I pray for wisdom to understand my man. I pray for love to forgive him. I pray for patience for his moods. Because, Lord, if I pray for strength, I'll beat him to death. Amen. Not the prayer I'm talking about, but you get my drift. The second thing a man desires is submission. The third thing that a man desires, extremely important to a man, is respect or support. Respect is incredibly important to a man. When a man is born, he is endowed with a mammoth-sized ego. It's fragile, but it's also huge at the same time. Now, I want to tell you a secret today, lady. I'm going to share several secrets that will be a help to you, okay, that I have discovered and read and seen and learned. And so 
uh, I think it'll be a help to us. But I want to give you one secret here because ladies don't quite get this because most of the time when a lady looks in the mirror, all she sees is flaws, imperfections. It doesn't matter if she's a supermodel. She'll look and see flaws in herself. Like the one wife who was looking at a full-length mirror and she was almost crying. She says, I'm getting old and fat. Look at those wrinkles and look at how puffy I am and how frizzy my hair is. She said, I look at a picture of me 20 years ago and now it looks like I ate that person. This is terrible, she said. She looks at her husband who was standing alongside and says, I could really use a compliment right about now. And he said, your eyesight's pretty near perfect. But that's how... Ladies, it's what they see sometimes when they look in the mirror. They see imperfections. They see flaws. When he looks in the mirror, he sees flawlessness. Can't improve on that. Yeah, that's how, man, I, it doesn't matter what reality says. He sees perfection. And uh, so when you say something like, you're the strongest man I know, and you're thinking, he's going to think I'm patronizing him. He won't. He will believe you. Because of his ego. He'll believe it. He'll appreciate those type of things and that type of support. This gives you a lot of power. And I'm being serious now. It gives you a lot of power. Don't ever abuse this power. Never. These are some things never to do. Never point out his gut. Tell him he's got muscles, even if he looks like me. Amen? Just tell him he's, he'll believe you because of that ego. Never insult his job. He may be insecure already. Encourage him. Never compare him to an athlete. Wonder if you could throw a pass like that. Don't do that. That's not good. Never compare him to his father negatively. Never, ins never this is a big never, never insult him in public. I see this once in a while. It breaks my heart. Because, because men are men, they often will never say anything about it, but you have no idea, ladies, what a gut-wrenching, heart-rending experience it is for a man to hear his wife insult him in public. Never insult him in public. Never treat him like he's poor. It's almost as bad as treating him like he's rich. You should support him in the effort to provide for his family. He should be able to trust you. How many women are caught up in the fantasy world of romance novels, social media, soap operas? Soap operas are a tool of the devil. And I've never figured out even the name. Soap operas, they're not clean and they're not operas. I don't get why they're even named that. Your husband craves the support of his wife. Yes, but he makes mistakes. Yes, and he'll continue to support him. Give him, uh, give him the respect that God would have you give him. I promise you, you do things God's way, it'll give you a happier life. Amen. All right, we're at the halfway point. We still friends? Nobody's left, amen, that's a good thing. Now uh, my men friends are saying, amen, you tell her, preacher, that's what they need to hear. Hold on, buddy, we're getting to you next, amen? So let's start with what women want. Okay, that's a scary thing to start getting into this realm. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what do women want? Well, number one, attention. The average man speaks to his wife four minutes a day. Can I just say that again? The average man speaks to his wife four minutes a day. One of the biggest differences 
in the uh, lives of men and women is this area of talking. A quiet man is a thinking man. A quiet woman is usually mad. There's a difference in, the, in how the speaking patterns of men and women. She has to know that you will set aside time just for her. And men ought to take their wives on dates. Don't stop dating them just because you married them. Keep dating them. And dating somebody, dating your wife, is not taking her to Applebee's, setting her just across underneath the television where you can still see the game going at the same time. That's not a date. Don't do that kind of thing. It's funny the things we have time for, but when it comes to our wife, suddenly we are occupied. Hey, we need to let her do what she loves to do, and sometimes that is a lot of talking. Talking things out. You say, I let her talk. She can talk during the commercials. She needs more time than the commercials, amen? Need to let her talk. Before marriage, man, a man will sit awake late into the night thinking about every word she has said. After marriage, he falls asleep while she's saying it. There's a big difference, and we need to not allow those changes to take place. Listen to the woman. That's a big part of being a good husband, giving that kind of attention. One woman said this, Husbands are the best people to share your secrets with. They'll never tell anyone because they weren't even listening in the first place. All right, so we need to listen. And there is a disconnect here. Have you ever picked up a newspaper? If you pick up a newspaper, you'll see that there are headlines and then there are stories underneath them. Men are the headlines. Ladies are the stories that come underneath them. The details, the fine print. That's how a man converses usually with other men. We just give the information we have in headlines and uh, ladies like to talk about every detail. Now, it is true that men are not good listeners sometimes, but in our defense, women, you are not the best summarizers either. So uh, when a woman tells you about her day, they're usually, you're getting the director's cut. There are no deleted scenes, and we get everything, but they like to talk out the problems. They like to talk about the issues in their life, and we need to listen. Now, I want to pause here just a minute and talk about this difference in dealing with our problems as well. Men have a unique ability. It's like a superpower. Women, I don't believe we have it sometimes for years. If you're smart, ladies, you'll recognize it's real. It's a real phenomenon. Men have it. Women don't. It's an ability that we have, and that is to think about nothing. It's awesome. Amen, men? It's awesome. We're able to do that. We're able to sit on the couch, focus on nothing, and think about absolutely nothing. Now this, this boggles the mind of most females, because females aren't able to do that, because they're, just, they're so interconnected, they're thinking with everything else, and, and they, the, the way that they think is just not this way. And so uh, we can do that. Have you ever asked your husband, by the way, what you thinking about? Nothing. Well, you can't be thinking about nothing. Oh, yes, he can. It's an ability we have, and it's wonderful. That's why, by the way, it's something we love to do. That's why you can do things mindlessly on end for hours if you're a man. Like fishing and sitting in a deer stand for hours. It's wonderful. Ladies don't understand that. And in dealing with stress and dealing with uh, trouble, sometimes, in fact, I would say usually there's always exceptions, but most men uh, like to find a place that's quiet, sit down and just kind of 
veg out and just go to that nothing spot in their head and just, that's how we decompress. That's how we kind of deal with it. Ladies, on the other hand, are different. When they had a stressful day at the office or when they had a, uh, they've had a really hard day, they want to talk it out. They want to event all their feelings and live... Everything that was said and all that's going on inside their heart. I've had somebody say, preacher, why don't they just tell me how they feel? They don't know how they feel. They're trying to figure it out as they're talking it out. That's how a lady deals with her trouble. Here's the problem. So often, we deal with our mate's stress and trouble with our method. And we can't do that. We've got to do it on their method. A man will see that, oh, she's had a tough day. I can tell she's really stressed out. I'll go out with my friends to give her some space. Not going to work for her, all right? Or a woman, knowing he had a tough day, she sees him sitting over there on a couch, nothing going on, just kind of has that phased look out. And uh, by the way, there's nothing that nothing bothers a woman like seeing a man doing nothing. That's just bothers already. And so she sees him, but she wants to be a help. And out of the love of her heart, and she means well, but she comes over... You want to talk about it? No, he doesn't. And see, we deal with things differently. We have to recognize that. We deal with trouble. We deal with stress. We deal with things differently. Probably the biggest difference is in the telling of these problems. Because we hear a problem as a man. What do we do? What do we do, men, when we hear a problem? We fix the problem. Amen? That's what we're here for. And why would you tell the problem? In fact, when we start hearing about your problems, ladies, you start to tell your husband about the problems that's going on. While you're talking, he is solving in his mind. And he's thinking to himself, this is wonderful. She recognizes that I am here to be able to help and fix all her problems. That's just different kind of thinking. I don't get it. I never will. But she does not. By the way, if a man tells another man his problems, he does so for one reason in hopes that that man will help him fix his problem. That is not why a lady talks about her problems. And so we need to listen. Listen. Give the attention that she needs. If you try to fix her when she's talking to you, she might shoot you. Just listen. Just listen. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to shut our mouth and listen. But that's what we need to do. We need to listen. I've got a video that, prove, that just kind of demonstrates this point I'll share with you at this time. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most, is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like... There's this achy 
don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, that sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on! Ow. If you would just- Don't! Now, does anybody identify with that video at all? Ladies, just so you know, when a man get, watches that video, it gives us anxiety, serious anxiety. But we need to learn. Listen. Just listen. Don't try to fix it. Just listen. Let her talk without saying a word. If you don't try to... I don't get this. I'm just telling you this because it's proven truth. I don't get it quite, but if you listen to her without fixing it, she's going to think you helped. I don't understand it, but that's the facts of the matter. So we need to just listen. Listening is often the only thing needed to help someone. Now, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 has an interesting verse to husbands, and I, I've, often, I, I've often went over this, skimmed over it, never even really stopped and looked at it till I saw this little phrase, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. That's interesting. What kind of knowledge? Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. What does that mean? Dwell with them according to knowledge. I think it simply means you better figure out what she needs. Not, not the, I mean, you better figure your wife out. You've got to understand the female. You have to understand how she thinks different than you and the different needs that you have. Dwell with her according to knowledge. There are some things we ought to endeavor to figure out about one another. Now, if you think you've got all the answers, you better realize we don't. Believe, I believe this with all my heart. If your wife is feeling wounded, her healing begins the moment she feels she's heard. Start listening. By the way, here's another thought I've had many times, and I allow this to be a guiding principle in my life. If I'm not willing to listen to her, there's plenty of creeps out there who are willing to listen to her, and I want to be that person. I don't want it to be someone else. So, shut the phone off. Throw the remote out. If you held her hand half as much the time as you held the remote, you'd be in better shape probably. So throw the remote away, uh, throw, uh, shut your phone off, and say, honey, let's talk, and then don't talk. Just listen, and it'll be a help to you. Now, you do that. You listen, and she talks, and talks, and talks. Let me tell you, men, what it's going to do for you. Nothing. It'll do nothing for you at all but it'll mean the world to her, so we need to do it anyway. What's important to her should be important to you. Woman needs attention. Secondly, a woman needs affection. Wife likes to be fussed over, loved, showed that you care. She likes actions of affection, and you hypocrite. You did all this to get her, now do it to keep her. A lot of men they do all these things to get the lady, and then as soon as they get her, they stop doing them. Tell her she's beautiful. Tell her you like her hair. Compliment her shoes. Don't get that either, but it scores major points. Uh, compliment her shoes. Call her on the phone for no reason. Text her sweet notes. Uh, kiss her, and not like you kiss your mom. Amen? Leave notes. Buy flowers and candy. Be kind, thoughtful in your gifts. Do not buy her an Ashley Stewart gift card. And if you don't know what that is, you're on the right track. Help out. Do housework. Women never shoot a man while he's doing dishes. I've never read where that's happened anyway. Work for her. The best exercise in marriage 
is bending over backward. Find out what she appreciates and then do these things for her. Treat her like she's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you because she is. And we need to act like it. Affection. Affection. It's a sad thing. when the And, and one of the reasons is men are hunters. We, we're just hunters. That, that's how we operate. We hunt. And so when we hunt and we get our game, we stop hunting. You ever shoot a, a deer? You don't hunt anymore. Now you've got it. And so we get our deer, D-E-A-R, and we stop hunting because we've got her. That needs to not happen. We need to continue to show the affection uh, to keep her that we did to win her. All right, number three, appreciation. Appreciation. When's the last time you told your wife thank you? When's the last time you showed her how much she is appreciated? Before criticizing your wife's faults, it's a good thing to remember that that's probably the very thing that prevented her from getting a better husband than you. And so, we need to be appreciative. Isn't it odd that we have no problem going to a restaurant and leaving an extra large tip for a waitress who's done a good job? When's the last time you left a tip for your wife? I mean, leave a $100 bill at the plate the next time she slaves and makes a meal for you. And uh, that's, that'll make a big impact. I guess all that women are looking for is thanks for going through the jaws of death for bringing our kids into the world. Thank you for the sacrifices you make for our family. Thank you for putting up with my inability to understand what's going on in your heart. Appreciation. There is more hunger for love and appreciation in this world than there is for food. People need and want appreciation. We ought to be generous with it. So, question today, how is your home? Are, are, is your home ready for the storms that are definitely going to come? Our storms come from within. Sometimes children test your relationship. Uh, they will come from the outside attacks that come from friends or loved ones. They'll come from underneath unmet expectations that can turn into bitterness. I'm asking today, is your home storm-proof? Will it, will it be able to withstand the storms of life? I hope some of these things have been a help. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know where the Lord has spoken to your heart today, but maybe there's some area that we discussed this morning, and you said, ooh, I'm missing in that area. I need to improve in that specific area of my life. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need to pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your home. Lift them up to the Lord. The altar is open for you if anyone needs to use it. As she begins to play, would you stand along with me with your heads bowed, eyes closed. Altar is open. Maybe you need to get before God on your knees this morning.